Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. For everyone that enjoyed 420 yesterday, cheers, cheers. <laughs> and I have, to do, I have to do one thing right off the bat. One of the previous episodes, we talked about people that were in our space that were the first people to come into the studio where we are doing our recordings. And I called the wrong person. After was, lockdown. Yeah, after the lockdown i said i was like in a, in a haze i'm like maybe it was a sandy is a sandy was the first person to come in john super fan i apologize i told you i would say it out on on the microphone <laughs> i apologize john the super fan was the first person back because he's the one that has <laughs> the picture to prove that he yes, was there. we have photo evidence that he was the first and you know how i can tell it was definitely the first one after the lockdown my hair was done and my nails were done so you know that oh. was like the first one because we have not been able to get our hair or nails done speaking, basically since speaking then. of hair and nails and uh very expensive bikinis that bling when you're on a stage we have a really cool stop guest. <laughs> oh my god i was like where are we going with this right right, right now i know exactly. right. we got a really cool guest i've never been introduced phone. that way let's go there <laughs> hair nails and sparkly bikinis well, hey, everyone, it's Amanda, and the hair, nails, and sparkly bikinis is not me. We've got back for a third time, Rebecca. Um, she's been Yay! on a couple times talking things about business and money mindset and a whole bunch of things. Plus, I, I mean, she does a million things. She does fitness competitions. That's where the sparkly b- bikini comes in, by the way. She doesn't just prance around in her sparkly bikini while well, she maybe massages she does. people. Or yeah, maybe she does. does. Maybe she's the therapist <laughs> who wears a sparkly bikini. I don't know. Ew. No, not bikini, not massages. <laughs> no, not for massages. Probably best to keep those two separate. Um, Rebecca has a ton of fans here in Canada. Uh, we do business meetups uh, every like three, four weeks. For a while, we were kind of doing them almost weekly. And they're over Zoom and we just sort of leave an open invitation for therapists who want to uh, network with others and share some business ideas. And in the last two or three, Rebecca, your name came up multiple times. We had three therapists in one of our Zoom calls that have all used you for a business coach. Ah! Three I'm jumping up therapists. and down yeah. right now with my fists in the air in the Rocky pose. I'm like, yeah! So you, yeah, that. you've got some Canadian fans. Uh, so Rebecca is not Canadian, hence we are talking to her. Um, I'm in my bedroom, uh, just put the kids to bed. And we are talking to her over Facebook yeah, today. Yeah, right, Facebook, yeah. yeah. And uh, we're not 100% sure where the topics are going to go tonight. You know, we discussed off mic. Maybe, yeah, yeah maybe, <laughs> maybe bikinis, maybe <laughs> hypnotherapy. Fake nails. Fake nails. <laughs> But whatever. Uh, for those of you who did not hear Rebecca on the previous two episodes, I'm going to let her sort of reintroduce herself and talk about all of the crazy things she does while being a single mom of how many kids you got? I have three kids. And also, I just You're not so single kids. anymore. Yeah. I'm not so single anymore. Oh. I met the man of my dreams. Congratulations. Amazing. amazing. So combined, we have eight children, but I have oh my God. <laughs> That's, that's it's all good. That's a TV show. That's now you're going back to the eighties. That's a that's an eighty six. Eight is enough. Right Eight is enough. You know yeah, why? Yeah. You know why I brought that up though? Because uh, somebody, again, one of your Canadian fans, did point out the fact that you do so many things. You are a therapist. You do coaching. Um, I know you've been on stage not only for fitness, but I think you sing and rap. And oh, yeah. I don't. You do, I do. You do all of these things. And the person said, and she was doing all of these things while raising children on her own and I literally just like threw my microphone down I'm like I, I 
I can't. I can't. Like, who, <laughs> I don't know what kind of superpowers you have or where you keep your cape, but I want you to share some of this with everybody because I think it is super inspiring to hear from somebody who can do seven million things and still look and sound as cheerful as you while doing it. <laughs> oh, I am so honored and so flattered, and I'm happy to share whatever juice I can give anybody that will just help them be liberated and empowered and take their life to the next level of awesome. Cause that's kind of what I love to do, you know? Awesome. So, well, let's start with a reintroduction. Yeah. I know I kind of just like sure. you know, talked to, talked to you up a lot, but let's bring it back down to real life and who you are and how you came to be on our podcast for a third time. Like my resume, right? We'll dial it down to the resume, right? <laughs> um, so my name is Rebecca Diazavedo Overson and I live in Salt Lake City, Utah in the United States. I, I've been a licensed massage therapist since 1995. Um, when I was uh, 17 years old, I went to massage therapy school and I had eight years of intense struggle. Yeah, I was very gifted, very skilled, very passionate about healing and helping people to make meaning of their symptoms and, and be empowered in their healing. And I just literally was just as poor as can be. I wasn't making any money. I was doing everything wrong. So I quit. I got a quote, real job in the business administration kind of world, you know, answering phones for 12 bucks an hour and all kinds of beautiful things like that. And after some time off and then getting married, having a couple babies, and then going through the economic collapse of 2008, I returned to body work and I opened a prenatal massage practice, um, this time armed with all of the business uh, side of things that I had learned in my corporate career for a couple of years. And uh, that's when I started Salt Lake Prenatal Massage, which was just a fabulous, fabulous success. I accomplished everything I wanted to over the next eight years that followed. And then I sold that practice in 2018. And I now full-time coach massage therapists all over the world um, in six different countries, actually now and counting, um, which wait, is so wait, wait, exciting. What countries? What countries? Tell me, tell me the countries. So yeah, we all over the U.S. In fact, I think we have all but two U.S. states. I nice. think we, we've never had a student in New Mexico and we've never had a student in like South Dakota or something like that. You but will now. I will now. <laughs> I, if that's you, I'm talking to you. Um, and then we've got, yeah, even in like Puerto Rico, I just graduated a student from Puerto Rico, which is a U.S. territory, which is yep. super, super fun. Right. Um, but Canada, all across Canada, and, and the, a lot of people in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm just trying to think like um, Calgary, got a couple of people in Calgary. Um, so that's fun. But then also Ireland, yeah. uh, the UK, um, Australia, New Zealand. Right on. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to think what, what, what the sixth, what the sixth one. Oh, and, and, um, let's see. Well, we've got an Italian woman, but I think she's living in the UK right now. I'm just trying to think, but super, super exciting to just yeah, that's awesome. to have that kind of reach and be a part of a global community. But I, I coach massage therapists to, to make money doing what they love and to, and to take charge of their time and uh, really in the business side of, of body work, because that was the missing piece for me was no question on our skills, no question on our training, but when it comes to marketing yourself or pricing your services appropriately, or just literally running a profitable business is a different skill set. So that's what I coach and mentor people in. And you know, it's been exciting. You guys is I've had students come back now, you know, cause I've been coaching for four years now. So I've got good data and good track record of things coming in is that 
you know, adding 10, 20, $50,000 a year to their income, like mm-hmm. increasing, in, like major increases. In fact, one of my biggest Canadian fans, you know who she is. Mm-hmm. I yes, won't we say do. her name. Well, you can, you you know can say her is. name. She has called can you I out. So you can, name? you absolutely Absolute can. Nikki. She has, you can my talk about Nikki. Nikki. We just published another Nikki. episode with Nikki the other day. Unpopular Opinions. Unpopular Opinions by great. Nikki. And a lot of it had to do with this money mindset. She has taken so much of what you taught her. And I don't know if you, I mean, I assume you do know this because you're about to talk about data, but Nikki works part-time and is just shy of making six figures on a part-time massage practice. So hats off to you, she man. Really, she really <laughs> preaches the idea of get a business coach because yes, in, a lot of, in a lot of the Canadian RMT Facebook groups, you know, there's always people asking questions like, oh, I've now started this practice here. I've moved my practice here. So what did you guys do to score clientele? And Nikki always chimes in and she says, get a business coach. I got a business coach and it tripled my business within the first month. Like get a business coach. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is because Nikki is such an awesome human being. Like she is outgoing. She's articulate. She's, you know, she's a a very likable person. Like she's got all these like qualities of just intrinsic qualities of a person that's going to be a Mm go-getter. And that, you know what I mean? Like, and, and when, when she found me, she had just barely been in her practice for like a couple of months and things weren't going like she liked them too. And so what I love about Nikki is when, when she does give that, give that advice of like hire a business coach. It's be, it, she's just such living proof of that. You can be an awesome human being. You can be amazing and you can still not know shit about running a business or at least not have things dialed in the way that you should. And even, even if you make that one last tweak, it's like that analogy. I always, you, you well, Mark, you know, my plumbing analogy, I you also know it. my lock, my lock analogy, which is like, you know, on a luggage lock, you can get three of the numbers, right. But if you don't get that last one dialed in, you're not going to open the luggage. Mm. So it's often that outside perspective that's going to look with you and go, you know what, you're doing this, right. You're doing this, right. You're doing this, right. But you know where you're killing yourself is on this and you make that one change and it changes everything. But she just posted in our rock your massage practice Academy graduates group yesterday at 6 35 PM to be exact. She said so far this year, so that we're recording this April, 2021. Mm-hmm. So far this year, I've already out earned my entire 2018 income. Neat. She says, neat. Nice. <laughs> right like, and she keeps posting that every year. She'll be like, oh my gosh, I just blew past my, my income last year, you know, first six months of the year. And then last year she said, you know, I already in 2020 during COVID being shut down for four months. She's like, I still made way more money than I did the previous year. Thank you, mm-hmm. Rebecca. And I just, I just, I just love that. So I, I coach, you know, it's, it's, I mean it when I say like kick ass, extraordinary, just breakthrough results for people that a lot of them really launch during the eight weeks they work with me, but where it really gets exciting and interesting is the foundation that we build for the years to come and to see that continued trajectory of just adding hundreds of thousands of dollars to their income that they would have otherwise been leaving on the table. So that's not my short resume, but that is what's relevant to the massage world, you know, is that I, I do that. And then, um, I, I don't know if, um, I mean, Mark, we've talked a little bit about, cause you're in my Facebook group, the, the art of building a successful massage practice, but in the last two years, I became certified as a master NLP coach mm-hmm, and hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. And then I went on and got my trainer certificate. And I legit last year opened a post-secondary school. Like I had to get credentialed by the state of Utah as like a post-secondary 
not quite diploma issuing, but like a trade school, right? Right, right, right. right. Um, because right I now train, I train hypnotherapists and I train oh, life this coaches. This is so cool. Yes. Yeah. This is what I want to so, talk about. 100%. Okay. For two I reasons. Heal. One. It's called I Heal. Yeah, yeah, I, oh, I, I Heal. I Heal. I Heal Institute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, that's so cool. And there's just some, we should definitely get into that because there's just so, I'm so passionate about what that means specifically for the massage therapy industry. But before we forget, we can't leave people hanging about the sparkly bikini, right? We got to at least circle back to that later. I should just say now, but I, on my, one of the things I, I just hold really, how do I say this? One of the things that I just, it's really, I place a high value is walking what I, what I, you know, walking my talk and yeah, yeah. practicing what I preach. You know, if I, if I am talking to people about putting themselves out there, producing breakthrough results, living their best life, giving their gifts to the world, up-leveling, you know, living a life that they loved, then damn it, I'd better be doing that, right? And one of the things that I have always wanted to do since I was 21 years old was um, enter some kind of fitness competition. And I started looking into that when I was younger and it's just wickedly expensive. And I never had the resources to do that, the time, the energy, the money that I just, I just never did. But when I was about, after I got divorced, um, I was like 36 and I thought, you know what, I want to get in the best shape of my life. By the time I'm 40, I'm going to do that. Well, oops, I ended up pregnant and I gave birth right before I turned 40. So, <laughs> oops. so after, oops, oops, I did it again. I was hoping right? she would sing. So, <laughs> I've got to, oh, you know me, I'm going to bust out in song anytime. But it was like, um, I just decided um, after having my daughter, Tiger Lily, I was just like, I, I'm going to do this thing. And so long story short, for a couple of years, I've been working with the trainer, um, lost, lost the baby weight. Gosh, took me a lot longer to lose baby weight at 40 than it did when I was like 30 having babies before. But, um, but I finally did it in November. I went all in. I hired a competition coach. I weighed, measured and managed and pre-packed and carried coolers with me everywhere I went for five months. <laughs> I got on a scale. Uh, I measured my body fat. I measured my body company every freaking week. I said no to Halloween candy. I said no to, I mean, just all this stuff and, um, trained my ass off. I think I missed two workouts in the entire five, uh, five month period. Um, and I went from 23% body fat down to 14 Wow. And I competed in, uh, in my very first, it's the national physique council, um, uh, bodybuilding show in the bikini division, which for those that don't know, bikini is just simply a certain figure that they're looking for. It's a yeah. certain type of physique. It's really about your ass and your shoulders, which yeah, yeah. if anyone see me in person, I have an ass to contend with, you know, it's got its own zip code. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like, you know, like, like that was the event for me. And it, I went in, I did the whole thing. My coach, um, just saw me through the whole process. Amazing, uh, amazing process to go through. I got lean, I got ripped, I got veiny. I learned how to pose. And yes, I dropped $950 on a rhinestone encrusted custom made <laughs> bikini, which by the way, that has to be the photo we use when we post this podcast. Episode. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You, you need to be proud of that woman. Like I'm, I am proud of you. <laughs> Holy shit. Like even just even just the effort it takes to prepack and carry around all of your meals in a cooler for five months as a mom and as some, you know, I have a career, I have children, I have like even just getting 
everybody's meals made in the morning, like once a day. I'm like, oh, this again. So I am proud of you. Thank you. But we have to use, not but, and we have to use, guys, the picture of my back pose, which ironically, it's not your back bikini. They actually don't care about your actual back muscles. Mm. In fact, most bikini competitors have long hair, or in my case, you don several hundred dollars worth of hair extensions Extensions. for your show. (laughs) Um, but they actually don't want to see a muscular back, but the pose is where you're facing, you know, with your, your, your back to the judges. And it's like your feet are a little bit wide, your toes a little bit pointed out, your hands are pressed on top of your quads and you're pushing your knees outward. And what it does is it pops your hammies. And that picture, you can see my glute hamstring insertion. And it's like, what? Like, I've never seen, I've never seen my muscles like that. So Mark literally just opened his iPad. He's probably going to find it right now. You go find it. It's on my Facebook page. Just scroll down, Mark. Just go to my personal Go find the picture of her butt. Do it. I'm pretty sure. Here, I'm going to tag you. I'm going to tag you in it right now. I'm freaking (laughs) tagging you in. But it was just this proud moment. of, And I do have to say this, you guys. Like, for me, okay, I am one of nine children. My mom started having babies when she was 20. And um, I have five sisters. And, you know, weight has been, like, a thing in my family. Like, it's been, like, a – it's been something that was, like – there was some emphasis on that, I'll just say. (laughs) Okay. But, you know, for me, it was just – I was always athletic when I was younger and my older sisters would say, you know what, when you hit puberty, you're going to get fat like us. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not, I'm just not, that's not how I want. That's not the choice I want to make for my body. You know, like this is not the choice I want to make and nothing wrong with, you know, I'm I'm definitely body positive and all of that good stuff. But for me, it was just this kind of message of, you know, once, you know, once you hit puberty, you're going to gain weight or over 40, you're going to, it's just downhill from there and all that negative messaging that we get. And I thought, you know what? I want to be like the world's oldest bodybuilder. I want to be 75 wearing a bikini and being like (laughs) taking care of myself, like some of these amazing role models out there. So that was really just an awesome bucket list thing to check off. So there you go, Mark. It's in your Facebook. Amazing. He just just showed me that is, that is a serious picture. We're definitely using that. So now that this is, this is crossed (laughs) off your list. Is this something that stays on the list? Are you like, would you want to compete again and try to improve on where, where you've gone? Or is this like a one-time deal? Like check. Okay. I like it. I mean, check like, I did it and I did it for me and I wasn't there to like win. I, right, right. I, I just did it for me. And I actually did place in the top five in two different classes, which was awesome. I got these big ass medals. They're like, they're, they're like, seriously, it's like the size of a, a salad plate to these medals or, you know, are nice. But I, for me, it was just, I just showed up. I did the work and I was ready. I was on stage and I looked great and I felt great and I was ready. Um, now that I've done it, I think it's a really fun sport. It's just, for me, it's just a competition with myself and the placing is ridiculous because it's really about who shows up at the event. The judges are literally comparing you to every other woman on the stage right. and find, and sometimes just finding flaws in order to deduct points. And it's, so you can't, it's like a chance. It's like gambling. But for me, I like the title of athlete and I like that title of this is my sport and this is what I do. And mm-hmm. I am planning to compete again in October. Right. So. I think you have to be a certain type of person and definitely not be dealing with any like mental health issues to do something like this. Because even just as you were saying that, there was like a little bubble of anxiety that came up when it's like, it just depends who shows up and the judges are just comparing you to other people. And fi- like, 
Mm. Me putting myself out there and expect, you know, having people pick apart my flaws. I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's vulnerable for sure. Like, and my coach warned me for that. She said, I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of women that do this like professionally that don't have other things going on in their life like you do. She's like, look, you have a full life. Some women that do this, this is all they do. This mm. is literally what they do. They don't work. They don't, or, you know, like, it's just like what they do it. And, and, um, she's like, some of them are kind of head cases. So just stay out of the drama and show up and be an awesome, strong athlete for you. But that that's really helped me a lot, but it is a vulnerable thing. But again, why I do it is because all day I'm coaching massage therapists about, you got to have the courage to put yourself out there. Well, oh, really Rebecca, how about put yourself out there in a little tiny <laughs> bikini with your ass hanging out and everybody just inspecting every inch of your, of your body. And it, it was just a, it, it is a little anxiety inducing. And I did go through some, some emotional turmoil before, during, and after the show, you know, and, but but I, I kind of like the sport. It's just fun to see what your body can do. What was the worst part of all your prep? Worst part yeah, what did you of find all my worst? prep? Uh, honestly, um, gosh, the worst part of my prep. Like the part you're, you, you, you're not looking forward to that again. You know, oh gosh, it's hard. There are a lot of terrible parts of the prep. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> honestly, honestly, um, one of the things that was, was really hard is like, you actually do have a lot of like gastrointestinal distress as you're uh, just like changing your diet and yep. you just get farty and stinky yep. and you get like, Oh my gosh. Like my, it's just like, what is happening in my intestinal tract right now? That's super gross and TMI. But my coach laughed about that. She's like, Oh yeah. All athletes are just like, Yep. You know, there's only so much chicken and broccoli and rice that your body can tolerate. <laughs> exactly. yep. It's going to happen. You're just, you're just going to be gassy and gross. And I'm like, sorry, friends. Sorry, family. Stay away from me. I'm super farty right now. It's like hilarious, right? But but aside from that, the hardest part about it, in all truthfulness, was all the things I had to say no to. Like, there was a point where she just, as we're dieting down and really dropping like a half to three quarters of a percent of body fat per week by the way, I wasn't starving. I had all my macros, the right calories right, and all right, that. It's just exactly. consistency as everything. Right. Um, it was just, um, saying no to things. Like she said to me, Rebecca, you're, you know, you're eight weeks out from your competition. You can't go out to eat anymore. Like no dining out. And I was just like, really? Like I, I love to dine out. I love to, you know, she just said, no, you can't even picking like chicken off the menu or, you know, you go to a restaurant and you kind of look at the menu and see, can you put this together for me on a plate? She's like, you can't control what they're cooking it in. Exactly. Did you measure, did you measure the size of the chicken breast? Was it four ounces? And I'm like, no, it was probably like seven or eight. She's like, okay, I need you to know like that makes a difference. And it was just like, all of that oh, stuff counts. Yeah. Like it all adds up and yep. you can't cheat. You just can't cheat. You need so much fucking discipline yeah. to do that. It's insane. But it's again, insane. that's why you have to, for something like that, that's why you have to have a coach because yes. you can think you're do making all the right choices. And that's why there is such a distinction between athletes and people who, you know, go to the gym regularly. You know, they're, they're not, it's not the same. Competing is not the same as just somebody who well, works such, out all the time. There's such a science not, to Exactly. It. There's an there's actual formula to it. Yep. And you yeah, have to follow the formula. Food. Exactly. And that was the hardest thing. But I, you know, I luckily, I, I put a lot of effort into meal prep. I made it as easy as I could. I, I, I just was like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to do this. And I requested the support of the people around me. And it was so beautiful to see like my little girl and my boys out there and my fiance's daughter, you know, out in the audience 
And to just see, like, I did the damn thing. And my, my daughter said to me, she's four, right? And she's, she says, mom, look at you. You did it. You built the muscles and you ate all the food and you did it. And just to, to that accomplishment, like for me was just, um, you, you can't put a, you can't put value to that. It was just so intrinsically satisfying to, to realize that I did all this hard work for every freaking meal, six times a day, 24 hours a day, essentially for five months to be on stage for literally five minutes, maybe total with all the classes that I competed in. Like, Mm -hmm. but that's where you just really put on your costume. You get to play Barbie and you just be a, a good show horse, but it just, it was just such a victory of the support of all of the people around me. And especially my David, my fiance, David, he, he just was like, I will, I know this is important to you. And I will support you no matter what. And it just, you know, he made sure that we had all the right things that we were prepared and, and that I, I had, he bought a kitchen scale to keep at his house and he bought, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it takes a whole community. Honestly, it takes the whole family to endure this process with you getting up, working out at 6am coming home getting the kids off to school, you know, like it literally takes a whole team. I've got one more question for you on, on, on yeah. the fitness stuff, your competitors, yeah. uh, is it a mental war back there? Is everyone friendly or is it like, is it like just catty women that are fucking like nutrients deprived <laughs> and, and dehydrated? If I wasn't so tired, I might take offense to you referring to women as catty. No, but I'm, I'm asking let if it go. the competitors, because <laughs> I asked you, because, because backstage at these things can be very different than what you're seeing on like what it looks like to you on stage yeah right so yeah. what was what was yeah. the backstage like for you because this was your first go so what was the backstage like and was it what you thought it was going to be like you know it it's all of that and none of it it was like my coach prepared me by the way her name is maria fulton fulton fitness and nutrition she's the bomb like she's the coach that doesn't jack up your metabolism she's just a, a hard ass and she's awesome but she she warned me and prepared me she just said you know you're gonna hear there's just going to be all of that. And I want you to just have some headphones or put your AirPods in and just kind of, you know, listen to some chill music, just wait like your turn and just, just be really relaxed and just keep to yourself. And, you know, when I started meeting competitors for even just checking in the hotel and stuff like that, like, Oh, Hey, are you in bikini? Oh yeah. You know, like just, just all of that stuff. Um, I just decided because I'm a connector, I just decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lift people up. I'm going to bring unity to this. And uh, whether or not that was out there waiting for me, I'll never know. But that I just decided I'm going to I'm going to bring people together. And there was this one beautiful woman. Her name is Verna. I saw her on the list. She was the only competitor in Masters over 45, over 50, over, over 45 and over 50. She was the only competitor. She's 52. And so I looked at the roster and then we were all in line for our second coat of spray tan, which by the way, you're literally in this room, totally just naked with all these women <laughs> in tents being airbrushed. You're just like, Hey, you know, like we're just really just everything. I'm just naked. Okay, here we go. You know, but it was just this, as we're all waiting in line to go in, um, she's, you know, these women are talking, we've got like freaking shower caps on our heads. We're all wearing robes and fuzzy slippers. And we're just walking around naked for, for the most part, you know? And I, I said, are you Verna? And she said, yeah. And I was like, how old are you? Can I ask how old are you? She says, I'm 52. And I was like, 
everybody turns and looked at her and just was like, no way. And I said, everybody give it up for Queen Verna. And it was just like, you know, just giving her this love to be like, you are the only woman right now in the state of Utah over 50 that is competing in a bodybuilding competition, right? And I just wanted to bring that unity and I wanted to make friends. I wanted to keep it cool. And our backstage room was so tiny with like 40 competitors in there that there was just no room for insecurity, jealousy. I just, I found out, I found this girl um, who was, I think 23 doing her first show. She didn't even have a coach. She had no idea what was, I was just like, Oh honey, you know? And and she, she came up to me afterwards and just said, you know, thank you for talking to me. Like I felt so much more, so much more calm and so much more relaxed. And you just made this experience so much better. So I just, I just felt like I don't have room for people to, to be divided. Let's like be united and let's have fun and let's give props to our sisters and let's cheer each other on. And at the end of the day, when I left, I really, after being backstage and you see women with fake tits, women with no tits, you see women with stretch marks, you see C-section scars, you see they don't even look the same. Once you get your hair and makeup on and it's tan, you, you don't even wreck it. You could be chatting all day with that woman in the lobby. You wouldn't even recognize <laughs> so her. True, I'm so not true. joking. I was like, wait, I was like, oh my God, I gave her a ride. Like I didn't even <laughs> recognize her anymore. Like I'm not kidding. And it was just, and, and I stood there and there's women that have been doing this. This is their, their 10th show. And there's women that this is their first show. And there's women that are backstage with their coaches and they're part of this big team. And there's women that are there by themselves. And I just had a moment where I looked around and maybe some of them were like, oh, this is like a borrowed bikini. And some of them were like, I spent this, you know, like just whatever, all stages and all phases. Some one woman just said, you know, I just, I got, my husband cheated on me and I got divorced last year and I decided I was going to take care of myself. I'm going to do this for myself. And I just felt like I got to be a part of this sisterhood of warrior women that no matter what their motivation was we all took on something extraordinary that most people would love to do, but aren't ever actually going to do it. You know, like people dream of having a six pack and ripped and lean and veins and, you know, all this stuff. Like a lot of people have that ideal, but we put in the time and we put in the effort and we did that. And we're getting up there on the stage, airbrushed and spray tanned and stretch marked and C-sectioned and no boobs or fake boobs or what it doesn't matter. Fake nails, fake lashes, just this whole kind of thing. But underneath that is, is this incredible strength and resilience that it takes, like we just talked about in the beginning, just to put yourself out there and to do something uncomfortable that you've never done before or just take it to the next level. So I don't know. At my first show, I had a great time and I was giving hugs and high fives and I was sharing wine backstage with people and I was drinking out of other people's honey bear bottles and like we had a great time. <laughs> you know? Leave it to Rebecca to become the friendly coach at a competition, you know, like we were imagining <laughs> this caddy, like, you know, people looking at each other like, Oh, look at her. How do you, what do you, who do you think her coach is? Where do you think she got the bikini? How much do you think she paid for that? But, you know, and we're picturing this and you're like, everybody give it up for Verna. Who's 52. By the way, I want to meet Verna. Cause that is freaking incredible. <laughs> she's on my uh, Facebook friends list. Her name is Verna bear B A I R. And she's this beautiful woman from Southern Utah. And we just had such a great chat. She's just a sweetheart. 
Well, I just love that, you know, some of the things you said that this was this you did for yourself. You know, you talked about this intrinsic motivation and just, you know, this this happiness that you endured all the things and you went through this whole shit. But you didn't do it because you wanted the giant medals. You didn't do it to prove anything to anybody else. This was just something that you wanted to do. You wanted to be athletic. You wanted to push yourself. I mean, I guess there was a part of you that was like, yeah, I should be living the way that I preach. But it was still for you. And I think that's why you had such an awesome experience. And it's sort of given me a little bit of insight to you as a coach, you know, making people really Mm -hmm. understand what do you want? Like, you know, fuck what you think you should do or what anybody like, what do you want? And what do you want to do? And okay, how can we get you to do that? And Yes, yeah, I'm really yes, seeing I'm really yes. starting to understand what your coaching style is like. And I like it. It's very, mm. it's very empowering. I feel motivated. But yet I'm still sitting in my bed drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's okay, too. Those are valid choices, you know, like, truly valid choices. And that at the end of the day, for me, it's like, do you do you you live your life, you do what makes what makes you happy. And I just, I just, for me, I love, I love a challenge. I love to push myself. And just because I do that doesn't mean other people should, but I do think a good coach is definitely going to push you outside of your comfort zone so that you can expand the limits of what you know is possible. And, and just like, just like I felt like, you know, when I gave birth the first time, and I think you guys know, maybe we've mentioned, but I, I talk a lot about birth. I gave birth at home to my children. And it was like, I just remember that first experience of giving birth and just going, I just literally did something that was impossible. Like I literally, in my mind, I could not do it. Like there was no way it's too hard, too painful, too taking too long, Mm -hmm. too intense, you know, but, but I did it. And that I did the thing that I thought was so hard and so impossible that changes me forever. And that installs in me a whole new program of, I can do epic shit. I can do hard shit. I can focus. I can double down. I can get it done. And to me, that's just a metaphor that translates into all areas of your life. You get this like unstoppability, no matter what the challenge is or no matter what the choice is, you know, and to me, that's what's important is that just to grow. I just place a high value on growth, you know, in life. So I want to talk and to you about too. your, yes, well, <laughs> like I, I like that you said those are valid choices. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not sad about it. I'm very happy with my choice this evening. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I am thrilled with what's happening here. Um, yeah, but yeah. let's talk about your, your, I guess, trade school. What, like, what shall we call I this? Heal the Institute. I Heal Institute. Let's my talk Institute. about this because that is yeah. really cool. Like I was saying before, I want to talk about this for a couple of reasons. One, because I don't think I ever even understood what NLP was until Mark taught me maybe 10 years ago, because he Mm. really got fascinated by this whole idea. And so we would talk about it. And then I had a client who, you know, had done some training in NLP. So I want to talk about that. But also this hypnotherapy, we've had somebody on before talking about hypnotherapy. And it fascinates me. Um, you know, you were just talking about birth, and I've mentioned this on our podcast a few times. The first time that I was pregnant, I learned about hypnobirthing, but like way too late in my pregnancy. So I tried to learn like as much as I could about this because my 
ideal birth scenario was that I wanted to do. Um, I didn't want to have any um, a- as little medical intervention as possible. Um, so we we had decided to give birth in the hospital. We had a midwife, but we decided not to do a home birth because actually we were when I got pregnant, we were in the midst of looking for a home. So. I didn't. Want, <laughs> I didn't want to commit to a home birth because we didn't know where home was going to be. I'm like, if I can't picture it, I don't want it. So I'm like, no, I don't. Right. I don't want that. Where we were living, I don't think I want my child. Born. No, <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, we were born on. <laughs> we were living in a teeny tiny, yeah, a teeny tiny apartment at Young and Eglinton, like right in the heart of Midtown Toronto. We're like, no, like absolutely not. So anyway, we did decide to do a hospital birth, but I said I want it to be as as chill as possible. And it was, I got the birth experience I wanted. And, you know, I I obviously understood that I had to be open-minded and, you know, things could happen and it might not go my way, but I wanted to do everything I possibly could to make that happen where it was just really calm and relaxed and not this traumatic, you know, TV movie type of experience that you always see. So when I learned about hypnobirthing, I'm like, I'm going to do this. But it was way too late. I couldn't get into any classes, so I just read about it and try. I, I listened to some tapes. Okay, or something. and what did you and, learn? What What is hypnobirthing? So what I learned. Now remember, this was seven years ago. That's cool. <laughs> but I'll take that. What I, I remember. I got nothing on this, what so. I remember learning. There was a few takeaways. One was just understanding the different phases that you go, or the different stages of labor, and understanding what's happening and what things, like sort of getting this idea in my head that this is supposed to hurt, you know, like it's, there's nothing to fear with the pain. There's going to be pain, but it's supposed to hurt. And this is normal and understanding what was happening in my body so that I could try to work and help to further relax certain muscles and do these breathing techniques, these visualization techniques to have my body working with the pain rather than fighting the pain and fighting against it. And just, mm. I don't know, doing all of that work and trying to figure out how to do this on my own. I don't know if I did anything right, <laughs> I will say, because I tried to learn this on my own. But I can say my first birth experience, Mark said to me a couple of times, he's like, it felt like you weren't here. Like, like physically you were here, but mentally you were somewhere else. But I was, I was just, I was sort of leaving the room and going somewhere else and trying to let my body do what it was supposed to do naturally. And I had a really really pleasant birth experience the first time. Not that my second one wasn't, but the second time I didn't really think about any of that. I was maybe a little over overconfident because I had done it one time. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I know how to do this. I can have a baby. No problem. Um, I had a right. very fast and furious, painful water birth the second time. And I think if wow. I had maybe gone back into this idea of the hypnobirthing and maybe even taking a class this time or even just rereading or re-listening to some of the things I had listened to before to try to figure out like how I can, you know, get my body to work with with itself rather than uh yeah. It was it was a little more aggressive the second time. Yeah, it, that's about right for birth. But yeah, I want to learn about your hypnotherapy thing because the whole thing just fascinates me after, like I said, doing my fake half-assed hypnobirthing. Um, I've never actually gone for a <laughs> real hypnotherapy, but the whole idea of it to me is fascinating. I love that. I love that you did that. Um, and a lot of people, um, that's that could be kind of their first real touch with practically applied hypnosis is hypnobirthing. I hear when I teach my courses, a lot of, I ask that a lot of women are like, oh yeah, I did hypnobirthing or, you know, I tried hypnobirthing, you know, various shades of that. So I love that. Yeah. And I want it. So 
two things. One is I want to tell you about uh, why I started this, why I went down this path, because it's super, super relevant for our body worker friends and, mm-hmm. and a very important part of what I am here to share just with the world, you know, my, just my, my mission and getting my message out there. But, but one thing, the other thing I do have to say is I know that a lot of people, when they hear hypnosis or hypnotherapy, they go sideways. They have a picture of some dude in a big cloak with a top hat, waving a gold watch saying, <laughs> you are getting sleepy. Or they picture some like, some like dude on the streets of, you know, Las Vegas or, or insert any, you know, entertainment center where you live and, you know, doing street hypnosis or doing stage hypnosis or making people do stupid things. And then they're like, oh my gosh, you didn't even remember clucking like a chicken on stage, you know, like <laughs> I n- somehow knew you were going to say clucky like a chicken. That's always the example yes, that clucking comes like out. A chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, so, so, so none of that is what we're talking about, <laughs> right? None of that, like there's a lot of the entertainment aspects of hypnosis and what people have seen and they have a really hard time. They, they think it means being out of control. It means somebody has having control over your mind, somebody making you do things and it just couldn't be further from the truth. So I have to, in, in like hour one of my hypnotherapy, you know, trainings, especially dealing with body workers is you have to understand hypnosis is simply using the mind to change the body. That's all. It's literally, it's active imagination. It is guided therapeutic imagery. It is like guided, you know, uh, there's not a single cancer center in the United States and probably even across Canada that doesn't use some form of guided therapeutic imagery to help their patients to have better outcomes. So it's very, it's very much just like using an active imagination to achieve different results in life. And there's nothing mystical about it. There's nothing, there's no giving your control over to somebody. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. It's just like, Mark, I can't imagine something for you, right? I can't, I can't imagine something in my mind. I don't have controls over your mind. Only you do. And shit, you don't even have controls over your mind, right? For the most part, Mm -hmm. like our minds are just like, you know, just going on and on. So so you're literally facilitating a person utilizing their imagination for therapeutic purposes. It's it's child's play. Like it's so simple and it's so fun and it's such a powerful therapeutic tool as well when you understand what it is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. So I just have to I, like immediately just say that because when you're talking about hypnobirthing, Amanda, it's like hypnosis is really just we're an altered we're cycling through beta, alpha, theta, and delta brainwaves all the time, right? Like that means you're wide awake or, you know, when you're driving and you're kind of like, oh, I missed my exit or, you know, or you're you're watching every damn day and you're watching TV and, you know, you're, you're, for me, it's my, my kids. They know when I'm like working and I'm on my phone and they're like, Hey mom, I'm going to do this and that. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, wait, wait, what, what did you say? Have you done your chores yet? You know, or it's like when we get hyper-focused on and fixated on one thing that we're doing we're just in a different, we're in a different state of consciousness. And we cycle through that all the time, just like we cycle through like, um, like sleep, you know, we know there's like light states of sleep and there's like deep sleep and we know there's everything in between. And it's just the same thing when you're awake. So hypnosis is completely like a normal, natural thing. And I I really would like to call it something else because people have such a 
negative um, connotation and association with it. But with the hypnobirthing, it's like you're just really focused and attuned and you're working with your body. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of birthing women are are fighting. They're working against their body. Yeah, exactly. The The second time I really felt because I, I didn't like remind myself to do, you know what I mean? Like I just sort of went into this, like, okay, I'm going to have a baby. And like the first time wasn't that bad. Cool. No problem. Right. And I just remember, and and of course it's going to be a totally different experience. Like the first time I had to be induced be on, you know, 14 days overdue. The second time I went into labor on my own naturally. So it was a different experience right from the beginning. And the second time she was just, she was coming a lot faster. You know, so things were happening really fast mm-hmm. and it was all back labor the second time, whereas I didn't. So it was a totally different experience. And I think that in my mind, I hadn't really like prepped myself enough for that and then immediately started fighting. Like I I very much remember being in that tub and like, you know, my my knuckles were white and, you know, I was contracting every muscle in my body trying to fight this pain. And mm-hmm. finally, when I realized like, I'm making this worse. I'm making this worse. I'm not letting my body like do what it's supposed to do. I'm fighting it. Then it got a little bit better. But the first time, because I was so focused on that, like this is going to, it's going to be painful. It's supposed to be, it's labor. It's, you know, it's not a part of it. It's labor. (laughs) So I'm, I'm just going to work with it and let it happen. And the two experiences were very, very different. And I think a big part of it was exactly what you just said. It was, you know, I, I did somehow manage to do a self hypnosis, I guess the first time and the second time. Nope. Didn't, didn't happen. Yeah. Well, all hypnosis is self hypnosis. Right. No one can hypnotize another person. That implies that I have, it's just like, I I can't, you can't control my mind. You can't read my mind. You can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't place things in my, in my subconscious. I can place them there. You can help me get there. Yeah. But your unconscious will only accept things that are congruent with your values. And you'll only do, you'll only do things in a state of hypnosis, which again, is just a state of relaxed focus awareness, like completely normal, natural state. Um, you'll only, you'll only accept and do things that are, that you want to do. Like I can't, if I, if I did like an induction, which is a formal kind of relaxation process. And then I said, okay, now, um, you know, take a deep breath and you take a deep breath. I say, close your eyes and you close your eyes. And they say, now stand up, stand up on the chair and do a backflip. You're going to be like, what? You're going to snap right back up into beta brainwaves and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, so nobody can make you do, nobody can make you do anything that, that is not congruent with what you So for everyone listening, you will not cluck like a chicken. You will not <laughs> fuck like a chicken. Yeah. Unless you want to, and you're an entertainer and you're a, you're the life of the party anyway. And you, you that's who stage hypnotists um, know how to select from the so audience. So I might cluck like a chicken, Mark. I would. Are you I kidding? Totally Get me would. on that stage. Are you kidding me? I'm going <laughs> to. You know, I'm going to bust out some gangster rap, you know, that because I can do that. Right. Like, <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's just, it's just the, so it's nothing to be afraid of. It's literally using guided imagery and the visual capacity of your inner mind to heal your body and your mind and your spirit and your life. And it's, it's super, it's super fun. But the reason why I went this route was because, well, a, you know, I've been doing mindset coaching for as long as I've been doing body work, quite frankly, like I've been, you know, doing various, um, forms of coaching, personal development, coaching other people. You know, I'm a, a, I'm a facilitator of the work of Byron Katie. I went to get training in NLP timeline therapy, actually went for training in timeline therapy because my hypnotherapist told me about it. And I had such a profound, 
profound experience with it that I said, I want to go learn that. And I sought out the creator of timeline therapy who literally just passed away two days ago. I love that man, Tad James, PhD. He's just an amazing, amazing man that I just loved so much. But he uh, passed away peacefully in his sleep a couple of days ago. But um, I sought them out and they said, well, we do this training, but in order to learn timeline therapy, you also have to learn NLP, NLP coaching and hypnotherapy. And I was like, really? Can I just come for the timeline therapy part? And they're like, no, because it's, it's this kind of synthesis of a lot of things that have to do with how you use the power of language to change the the pictures in people's minds. And I was like, okay, fine. You know? So when I went to get that toolbox, it was for Mark, my coaching clients in Rocky Massage Practice Academy, oh, because, okay, okay, okay. because what I realized was I'm coaching people in business, in building their business. And I have kick-ass business building strategies, but the number one thing that my graduates tell me they got was confidence. That's price. Like they just go, oh, well, like, because I love helping them work through those mindset blocks, working through their, their pain of their childhood, their, their toxic relationship patterns. Those are actually a huge part of what's stopping them in business Mm -hmm. is that, is that their wounded eight-year-old inner child is what's running their business and setting their prices. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't tapped back into and wakened up to the greatness inside of themselves and claimed it. They're living out some old, sad, hard life is a struggle. I don't deserve it. I'm a bad girl. I'm a bad boy. They're living all that out. And I thought I've got great tools. Like I love the work of Byron Katie. I love it so much, but I thought I want to add more tools for just real rapid transformation. So that was my intent. And I did that practitioner training. It was a seven day training. And then at some point in that training, they started talking about the next level master practitioner. And I was like, oh yeah, they're always going to upsell you on the next course. I know how these things work, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, but it was like, but then they started talking about this healing paradigm and they started, and then they did this demonstration where this woman who had chronic low back pain for eight years, it disappeared permanently in less than 20 minute conversation. And I, I was riveted. I was like, shit, shit. Are you, wait a minute. You know, cause it was my massage therapist. Me was going, okay, I coach people that are chronic pain specialists mm-hmm. and, and, and what does this mean? What does this mean? You know, it's like, it's like when you have that day of reckoning and something wakes up in you and you can't unsee it, you can't, it doesn't let you go. And I thought, you know, okay, I, I've got to get my, I've got to learn whatever they're teaching at master practitioner, because they, there's a lot of body mind stuff in the master practitioner course, right? A lot of like of body mind relevant types of healing uh, processes because i realized that hypnosis is the body mind connection that's it mm-hmm. hypnosis is imagine you're biting into a lemon right now if you just imagine you're biting into a lemon your face will pucker and your mouth will salivate that's it you're literally imagining a lemon you're not actually eating one or all you have to do is just imagine something hot and sexy and feel your genitalia start throbbing it's pretty simple everybody does that <laughs> Pretty right? simple. Like, where you imagine right now. <laughs> <laughs> he did just come in- lay on my side of the bed <laughs> as you were talking. No groping. Dude, no right groping. Now. No. Where you know, where it's like you're just the body is a robot controlled by the mind and it will follow. And so all of a sudden I put two and two together and I thought, I have got to take to my people. I I have to learn everything there is to learn here because this has major 
relevance and major implications. Because if I can help my students create more rapid change because we're working with the power of the unconscious mind. It's the unconscious mind where all behavior and learning and change actually take place. Once you've learned something, it's at an unconscious level. I don't think about what my hands are doing when I'm playing, you know, here I go again by white snake on the piano. I just doing it. I've done that song so many times or it's all now it's going to be in my head all night, but thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. But you know what I mean? So it, it was like, wait, if we're, there's just something else here. And I, so anyway, I did the master practitioner, became a master coach um, in NLP, timeline therapy, and hypnosis. And then the next year, I prepped and prepped and prepped, and I became a trainer because what I realized was if I could help massage therapists learn, understand, and work with the mind part of the body-mind connection that we all know about, right? Right. We all mm-hmm, know about the mm-hmm. body mind connection, but what? But but we don't really work with it. We don't know how to facilitate. We don't know how to utilize it. So I thought if I could help massage therapists master working with the mind as much as the specifically the subconscious or unconscious mind, right? Intentionally and skillfully do that. They can they can a facilitate greater change with their clients if they're blending this with body work. They'll understand the power of the words that they use and how it can. Um, create change with their clients. Number two, it can also cause incredible healing, whereas the hands cannot necessarily do that. You know, sometimes, do you know what I mean? Right. It's like somebody with chronic pain, you can manage it, can mm-hmm. work with them for their great clients. They come on a regular basis and they come for years and years. But then I thought, well, but what if we could just disappear it? What if we could use the language of the mind to actually allow that client to resolve the unconscious program that's running, that's creating the symptomology in their body. And that would be really, really powerful because then a massage therapist has the ability to have their healing, their facilitating of healing go way beyond their own massage table. So are we, are we talking about a massage therapist that is also doing hypnosis? Are you, we talking about a massage therapist that is using hypnosis techniques in their communication with their, with their clients? All of the above. I should, I should say right here for anybody listening who doesn't know what NLP is, because as I said, I didn't know even what that meant until probably, you know, 10, 12 years ago because of Mark. So can you explain to people what you're talking about? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And really what it is, is it came out in the 80s, um, most famously used by Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is what, that's what he does and what he teaches from to create rapid change in his seminars. Most people know who Tony Robbins is, but Mm -hmm. um, it's used by incredible orators, persuaders, politicians, world leaders. It's really what it is, is utilizing the power of language um, to... It's the, the, it's, well, that's what it stands for is, you know, NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming, but it's kind of a, a, synth, a synthesis of a bunch of different things, it, you know, in cognitive behavioral therapies. That's really the study of why, of how humans actually operate. Like, how is it that they produce results? How is it that a person could literally stand before you and have a 20 minute conversation and produce an entirely different shift or outcome. Whereas another person might be in therapy for, you know, for, for two years to get that outcome, right? Like what is it that makes people 
change. And it's, and it's based in language. It's based in how human beings process language and how it, they, how they internalize external events and, and therefore uh, creates these unconscious programs for all of their behavior. So if you change one thing in the recipe, you get an entirely different outcome. Let me, let me just get up to speed here right now, because as I said, the, at the start of the episode, you do so many things. So mm-hmm. as I'm listening to you, I'm realizing you now can, you coach massage therapists on the business side, you know, how to build a thriving practice and be successful and actually make money because they already have the body work piece down, but now to get this. So you're coaching them to make more money. So this your NLP hypnosis can, you know, all of that can come into play there. But then you're also now coaching people how to deal with their own clients. So you're coaching therapists how to use uh, hypnotherapy or NLP or what was the other one? Timeline therapy. All of this Timeline stuff. Timeline therapy. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff with their clients. So you, now you can teach therapists how to be actually better therapists, not just the business side of it. And then as well, you yourself uh, can work with pretty much anybody and help them to heal themselves. So like, actually, Rebecca, what can't you do? Let's go down that road. <laughs> oh my, well, up until recently, I couldn't have like a successful romantic relationship. <laughs> well, check. That's check. done. That's been check. done. No. But this is, this is no. all really I I mean, I love the fact that we're, you know, we're talking about the power of the mind, because as I've just summarized here, it can be used in everything, in business, in your life, your personal life, your relationships, your healing of your own body. Like, if therapists didn't already know this, like, really, this should be a huge wake up call for you. If you didn't already know this, how powerful your mind is, your own limiting beliefs are affecting the way that your your practice is going. And I've had someone argue me on this. Yeah, you know, one of our podcast listeners saying, oh, it's not always about mindset. There's certain things you can't control. And I'm like, I just, I just can't agree. No. Like everything is no. in your control. Every decision you make is leading you to wherever you are. So I just can't agree with there's certain things that are out of your control. No, no, most, no. no, it's not. No, you always have a choice. You always have a say and you are not a victim of anything. Not the economy, not COVID, not the government, not your ex, not your past, not money. You do not have more power than money in your life. You have all the power in your life. And it's the belief that no, sometimes there are limitations that I just refuse to accept. Yeah, I'm so with you on that. So with you on that. Yeah, so, so I just, I like the fact that now you're showing us all of the different ways that you know, our life can be improved if we focus internally what's happening in our mind. And as I told you the last time you and I talked, uh, it's something that Mark and I teach at the very top of some of our courses, um, mostly our business courses, about you need to change your mindset first. And this is the session that we get the most resistance. You know, when Mm. you were saying something earlier and it made me start thinking about the clients we have, you know, the people that take our courses and no matter what I say, they're like, but what if this, but what if this, but what, Mm. how do you deal with someone who has so many buts? So number one, so no, I want to answer that question, but I do want to just re circle back to what you said, because again, it is a wake up call. It is a wake up call for therapists because I realized the massage industry has two problems. Number one, people don't make enough money doing what they love. And so they burn out and they quit. Okay. So I solve that problem all the time. That's, you know, that you get the business piece plugged in, you're good, right? The second piece is the career longevity, the burnout, and the the fact that you can only see clients face-to-face hands-on. 
Well, COVID taught us all that. If you don't have some other way to pivot, you're screwed. I mean, yep. how many how many therapists are and businesses and spas, big you know businesses just absolutely shut down in 2020 because they had no other delivery of their service. They had nothing else to do if they were they were just absolutely incapacitated. But and that's actually when I launched iHeal Institute was April 2020, and I turned around and I said, you know what? To that, to your point, Amanda, when people are like, well, it's just the circumstances. I said, fuck you, circumstances. This is what I'm going to do. The massage industry just got shut down. I have no idea what's going on. Is my business over? Is all of our, all of our businesses over? Is our, our careers over? Like, what are we going to do? And one of my coaches said, Rebecca, didn't you just get certified to train hypnotherapists? And I said, thank you. And I turned around <laughs> and I he said, he said, couldn't you just create like a course where you can train? I was like, yeah, duh. It was just like palm to forehead moment. The moment that I had been training for, you know, preparing for the whole year prior, but too busy to actually execute on COVID had to happen for me to just get off my ass and get in gear and my team. I have an incredible team. Oh, you, we mean, you, oh, you mean you got pushed outside of your comfort zone? Interesting. Uh, only all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. And I got up and I said, we're doing this. And I taught two, three-day hypnotherapy certifications. We, I think in the last year, I've certified over 120 massage therapists as hypnotherapists. And I also now include hypnotherapy certification as part of Rock Your Massage Practice Academy, if they want it. Because I just, I just decided, like, if we're truly going to elevate this industry, if we're truly going to disrupt it, elevate it, whatever you want to call it, then we have to fix both of those things. And so many of my graduates have said that was what saved their practices. They could turn around and offer sessions online. They could do healing sessions online with a legit credential, an actual skill backed by me, backed by my training, all the support of me and my team. And, and it's just been this beautiful, beautiful thing. And so so that, I again, I want to underline is a wake-up call for therapists that you have... But also a huge opportunity, which is holy cow, working with the mind is so amazing. If you, you, I've had miracles. I've had PTSD disappear. I've had depression disappear. I've had chronic foot pain in my clients disappear, like literally disappear, disappear in a matter of a conversation. So we can be pushing fluids and muscles around and that's good. And touch is amazing. And we need that. But I just decided I want to unleash a whole next level of healer on this planet and give them the tools for those that have that desire, you know, to go just beyond their massage table, um, to, to, to be able to do that. And that's kind of my call to arms. So I have to say that I feel like I should say, thank you for coming to my Ted talk, but that's like literally <laughs> that's, that's my vision. That's what I see is this army of healers being unleashed on the planet and massage therapists that are being taken seriously a, because they're badass business owners and B because they're badass healers that are doing things that no one else is doing. They're not just rubbing lotion on people's backs. They're freaking healing people. And they're, well, you know, helping people. We all, we know all healing is self-healing, but I say that word is like, we're all facilitators of healing and, and that we're doing true, true, meaningful things with people. And that, that is so fulfilling for me. Like, I feel like I am doing exactly what I was put on this planet to do. And that, that feels so good. Mark, Mr. So good. Mr. Canadian uh, CMTO standards of practice, dude. Okay. What do you, what do you think of all of this? Well, that's why I was kind of, I, I, I kind of wanted to think <laughs> the idea is this, is the intent here for massage therapists to also offer 
hypnotherapy mm-hmm. or is it the intent for massage therapists to use the skill of hypnotherapy if you can say it like that with their patients through conversation right right in terms of like yeah that's a beyond scope for a massage yeah yeah, yeah oh yeah to do that but yeah, that's but, but if you're working if, you, if you're working as a hypnotherapist independent of your massage therapist then there's no problem right absolutely as long as you're not confusing things exactly so that but the cool thing is i often will tell people just come to the training for yourself come mm-hmm. to the hypnotherapy training just for you yeah. let me teach you how your mind works let me teach you how to produce breakthrough results for yourself and you apply this in all of your obstacles in life then you're going to be better for it you're going to be you're going to do all the things that you want to do you're going to have more power in your business and in your life whether or not you actually practice i don't care if you want to practice cool we can definitely set you up for that but that's what i'd tell our you know canadian rmt so i know you guys have way more regulations and are just superior body workers than most therapists are education wise. I'm, I'm not sure. You know? I'm not sure so much anymore. I feel like we're just, I feel like just like Ontario is locking us down. Like our, our governing body might be locking us down a little bit. We've got so Damn. many, so many rules. Hey, wait, does Nikki know how to do this? Cause I'm going for a massage with her in a couple of weeks. No, wait, wait, let me think. I don't know if Nikki's done hypnosis. She did my creating your future seminar, but I don't think she's, um, She's done, I don't know if she's done hypnosis, but, but that's, you know, so yeah, of course you have to practice legally, you have to practice in the scope. And so for our Canadian RMTs, we say, yeah, you can't mix this with massage. Um, but, but also, also it's like guided therapeutic imagery. It's like, you know, it's, we, we kind of do it anyway. When we tell our clients, go ahead and take a deep breath and just imagine there's just some, the light flowing from the top of your head to the tips of your tip. Like, well, that's the thing is I don't, I I don't see how, if you're, if you're careful in the way you present it, if you're careful with your language, I mean, I don't see it any different than when I do like, uh, body scans for relaxation, you yeah. know, when I've exactly. got a client who needs to just calm the fuck down. So yep. I, I don't see a difference. Gets, it, and now it becomes about intent, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And it's not clinical. I'm not teaching clinical hypnosis. I'm not teaching, you know, I do tell, talk about scope of practice and when you're going to need to get a referral from a physician and like, you cannot interfere with medical treatment. You've got to make sure that the, you know, that everybody that's treating this person, if they're under any kind of medical or psychiatric care, that their providers know about it. That's important. But exactly what you said, Mark, is that it's, it's most, and going back to what you just said, Amanda, too, is that you have got to work on yourself because the results you're able to produce it with other people, which includes life, family, parenting, business, clients, all of that, right, has everything to do with how you show up. And you're going to show up based on with a whole set of beliefs about who you are and how life is and what's possible. Mostly those beliefs are from experiences in the past that put a particular lens over your life and, and, and you made decisions about your future based on the past and it does limit you. And mostly those are unconscious. You know, we, we have traumas and things, incidents, you know, that one time that you raised your hand in school and you blurted out blah, blah, blah. And it was the wrong answer in fifth grade and everyone laughed at you and you just decided, okay, I'm not going to put myself out there again, you know, but it's also a lot of unconscious things that are at play that people, people, my, I feel like a lot of people just need to be woken up to that. That is in fact, how it works. Working with that is a whole other step. But like you're saying, Amanda, when you get a lot of pushback from those lessons, when you talk about mindset, it's because for some people, a lot of people, they, they just, they really do live 
I talk about living at, at cause or living at the effect of. You're on one side of the equation. When you're saying, well, uh, uh, you know, a cause causes a certain effect and you're on the effect side of the equation, then everything in your life is going to have a reason why it is the way that it is. You're going to go, well, I just can't make money because everybody in my family struggled with money. Or I just have body, body image issues because all of my family members did. Or, oh, well, because my dad died when I was three and I never had a father. You know, it's, there's all these reasons that then justify the results that they have or don't have. And what I would implore everybody to take on is, is being on the cause side of the equation, which is that no matter what is happening to you, you always have a choice of how to respond. And also, even if it doesn't seem like you, you had a part in creating the circumstances you now find yourself in, you may not have consciously played a part in that. But at some level, if you can just find and locate how you are able to respond, then then you put yourself back in the seat of power. It's like, uh, I can't remember, what, some author, I can't remember who said it. I really am a, a big fan of proper attribution, but I can't remember who said it, but he said, you're, you're, either, the, um, you're either the author of your life or the, you're the victim of your life. And when people say, oh, I really don't have a choice, sometimes they're just our circumstances. I say, mm-mm. I'm sorry. You always have power. You always can reorient yourself to whatever circumstance you are in to find a way out, find a way through it, find a way to triumph, even though all of your freedoms seem to be taken from you. And I know that's true because we have plenty of examples in history of badass human beings that have triumphed greatly over their circumstances you know, far too numerous to even mention. Yeah. And I think people have trouble with this when you're in a really shitty position in life. And yeah, it can happen. You can find yourself in a shitty situation. And at some point, you'll realize that you likely put yourself there. But you know, sometimes there were shitty things that happen, like shitty things do happen to people. It's not that Mm -hmm. nothing bad can ever happen to you. But I think what we're referring to more here is you do always have a decision on how you react. And even if And I think people have trouble with that because sometimes no matter what decision you make, it's going to be hard. And sometimes Uh, you have to go through the hard and sometimes you have to deal with a lot of shit. So we're not minimizing the fact that sometimes situations do really suck, but you still do have choices on how you deal with them. And not always those choices are going to be super easy. And sometimes you're going to make a wrong one, but there are still always choices. And the minute you kind of throw your hands up in the air and say, well, this is the life I've been given, or this is the hand I've been dealt or however you want to put it. Well, then you're, you're giving up your control. There is control. And even if it means you have to go through, you know, some years of hard times like everybody has has gone through it nobody i mean rebecca's sitting here talking about all you know this great life she has now let's not forget about the fact that she talked about that she's she's gone through a divorce she's been a single parent like all of us have dealt with situations that are less than ideal but you have a choice to not be a victim and to figure out how i'm going to deal with this and sometimes the choice is i need help I need to find a therapist. I need to find, you need to reach out to somebody because you can't handle all this stuff on your own, but you still have the choice to get help or to decide, well, this is my life now. Totally. That's, that's, it's exactly how it is. The only real choice is, do I want to get out of this trap or not? 
do I want to, do I want to make a change? Do I want to better my circumstances or am I going to set up camp and live here? And it doesn't matter why you found yourself in those circumstances. Yes. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to good people. Bad, you know, it's, we all, life is hard for everybody. Life is with life has its challenges no matter who you are. And that's really what I found is the people that are the most successful, they're resourceful. And they've just decided I'm committed. I am defiant. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to, if I hit a wall, I'm going to go under it, over, around it, through it. I'm going to break it. You know, they, they just don't, they don't sit back and go, oh, well, I guess I just can't have what I want because, because, because here's my list of reasons. I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's fine if that's working for you. But you can, you can triumph over anything. You like, you really can, if you just decide that you're going to, and that's the first decision that needs to be made. And it's not, and it's not always an easy decision, right? Because sometimes that decision of, sometimes (laughs) that decision of I'm going to better my life means, you know, maybe leaving a toxic relationship means maybe struggling a little bit financially because you're leaving a, a, comfy, cozy job, whatever it is. Sometimes the decisions that are best for you in the long run, they fucking suck at the time. And so I think that's where I get the most pushback from people is, you know, when they're telling me all the reasons why things don't work and, oh, this won't work for me because this, 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 this. I'm like, yeah, it won't work right away. Like nobody gets this, you know, beautiful, perfect, career or life or what relationship, whatever it is overnight, that doesn't exist. Like we don't, we don't live in the movies guys. We don't. Yeah. And it's, and it's true and it will be hard and it will, there's this universal model of change that I teach about. Even if you Googled it, you could find it, but it's, it's really about that. You can't, you can't leap to a new level of performance. So if we're over here on the edge, right, I'm standing on the edge and I'm like, this is the edge of my comfort zone. And I can see up there on that new vista that new mountain that's up there i want to get there you you actually cannot get there unless you throw yourself down in the valley yep it's required it's required to huck yourself off a scary cliff and go down 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 for a minute sometimes life does that to you actually right yeah sometimes um, you get kicked you don't have to sometimes you don't you have to leave <laughs> you find yourself in that position but but it's 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 it will be painful because the current you that you know yourself to be is in fact not equipped or skilled or masterful at being the person that you want to be. How do I know? Because you'd be being it if you, we wouldn't even be talking about it. Right. So it is, it is painful and you do have to exit. And again, that's why you have to have a coach and a a mentor. You got to have a midwife, a doula to get you through that pain because you're going to want to shrink back. You're going to want to retreat and go, this is too painful. I shouldn't have done that. La 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 la. But your dream is on the other side. Why did I do this? You know, Mark will tell you the, the two times in our, um, our short career as continuing education providers, you know, since we've started this company, the two times that we've made the biggest leaps and seen the most success are the two times that we've gotten kicked in the face. Both of those times, I had very well-meaning friends and family members, and I wrote a blog post about this and put it up on my website and had a few people actually reach out to me and say, wow, like I... I feel like a fucking jackass right now. Like, don't. You are 100% well-meaning. But I had a bunch of well-meaning people saying to me, you guys 
you know, you, you tried it. The message was you tried, you know, it doesn't seem like this is a good idea. It doesn't seem like you're going to have the marketplace anymore. Maybe you should both go back to, you know, basically just being therapists. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. but that's not the vision we have. So we're going to have to figure out how to pivot and how to create a new vision because I'm not moving backwards. You know, I didn't get into this to then move backwards. So it was fucking scary. And I've shared this before. I remember a point where we barely had enough money in our account to pay for like our next mortgage. We're like, oh fuck. Mm, like what are scary. you know, what are we gonna do? But we just kept setting goals and saying, okay, this is what we need to do. How are we gonna do, you know, figure out where you want to go and then make a plan on how to get there. And we just kept doing it. And I mean, in our case, we were lucky that we had each other, you know, so we could sort of take turns having breakdowns. But <laughs> but <laughs> it was none of the decisions we made were comfortable. We could have easily thrown in the towel, went and got clinic jobs and been fine. You know what I mean? Like, could we have not just gotten clinic jobs and made money and been fine? Yeah, but who wants to do that? Well, we didn't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> I mean, that there's lots of people right. that want to do that. I mean, this is, it's not me. I'm not one of them. So yeah, but the point is, those were the two times in our career where we saw exponential growth because we decided to take the uncomfortable road and make a plan and and just go with it. And it, it took a lot of work and it was not easy. And we probably almost murdered each other 7,000 times. But look, we're still sharing a bed and podcast together. So we're okay. <laughs> and drinking wine and drinking wine together. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that that's... Um, to your point, that's one of my mantras is like grow or die. There's, there's no, there's no hanging out. There's no, if you're not growing, you're shrinking. It's like blowing up a balloon. You, you, you got to keep the pressure on it. At least the minute you back off, it's going to start to deflate. And people have this illusion of that, like a things are going to be easy. B it's going to be without obstacles or C if I could just kind of kick back for a while then um, things, the universe will just kind of magically sort things out. And I'm like, yeah, I don't don't know about that. The universe is there for you. However, the universe is there (laughs) for you to provide the opportunities, but you still have to put in the work. Nothing, Nothing is for free, whether it's energetically or monetarily, nothing is for free. Yeah. Well, and because, you know, every action is a, is, or every, whatever, how does it go? The action and the equal and opposite reaction. (laughs) What's the Newton's law, right? Is that, and that includes energy and and the law of attraction does have the word action in it. So people that sit around all day and stare at a vision board and chant mantras, I'm like, well, good luck because I'm going to be out there doing all that and hustling and taking action and looking at how can I make this happen? How can I stay focused on my dream? But the other thing I want to highlight about what you said, which I think is important, especially for our, our our people, for our tribe, is being connected to your purpose and being having something in front of you that's worth going through the shit for. Mm-hmm. To stay stay committed, even though it's hard. Stay committed, even though it looks like it's not going to happen. Stay committed, even though the people around you don't believe in you or don't support you. Stay committed, even though you don't see a way. Because the minute you just decide, how can I do this? Then the resources show up. Yep. Instead of, can I do this? That's a doubt. That's a question coming from doubt, 
which is going to create more doubt. And, and when you ask your unconscious mind to go, why can't I do this? Oh, I don't see a way. It'll say, okay. And it'll start serving up all of the obstacles and you'll be squarely focused on the doubts and all the reasons why you can't. But when you just say, how can I make this happen? Even though I don't see a way, how can I, and you stay defiantly committed to that goal, then I truly do believe that is when providence moves. That is when you create, that's when the universe, you give the universe something to get behind. And it's really just waiting for you to cast the, you know, to cast the fishing rod, to cast it out there and say, I demand this. I require this. I, this, there's, to quote Eminem, success is my only motherfucking option. Failure's not, yes. you know, like, it's like, you just, I am doing this. And, and it's been, that's why I did the bodybuilding thing. That's why I did home birth. That's why I'm like, I seek out hard opportunities. Sometimes it sucks. <laughs> like sometimes it sucks. But for me, it's, it's because I want to know myself as limitless. I want to know myself as capable of doing anything that I decide is important to me. And I know most body workers are pretty mission driven. They're pretty purpose driven. They're, you know, they're, they're not like doing body work because beauty school was closed, you know, like they're, they're, they couldn't quite get into dog grooming school this semester. So I think I'll just go be a massage therapist, you know, like most massage therapists are passionate, at least mildly curious and interested about what they're doing. It's not just kind of a, a, a skill for them. Like, I'll just think I'll just close my eyes and pick this, you know? But, um, so I think that's important is to stay connected to the vision because it's the vision that's going to pull you through when the going gets tough and, and it will. And for me, I always pull through because I just decided living in my mother's basement is never an option. I will provide for my children. I will put food on the table. I will say, yes, you can go to soccer camp or yes, you can take guitar lessons or yes, you can, you know what I mean? Like I, I just decided I was going to live life on my terms and that requires being successful in business and being, having a way to consistently produce the income that I need to live my life. And that's like what it boils down to. It's not just the business and having the money that comes as a function also of being connected to your higher purpose. Um, and that, that honestly is what has kept me going. Plus a real, real strong desire to just serve, to just serve humanity and just contribute to the quality of people's lives through any skill, tool, toolbox, any ability that I have. And that's, you know, I love, I love this. I love being here. I love doing what I do. I love talking with you guys. I love, you know, just the whole conversation I think is very important because we need to continue to instill that vision in each other about who we are and what's possible and that, and even breaking the the limits on what we've believed is even possible in this industry. I used to not think that a solo practitioner could pull in hundred K a year. I, I was like, nah, I don't really know any solo therapy. There's even one of my videos in my Academy <laughs> where I said, it was like a couple of years ago when I filmed it. And I was talking about numbers. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know that it's that easy to do like six figures in solo practice. Boom. There goes Nikki. Boom. There goes Molly. <laughs> yeah. Boom. There goes, you know, now I have all these graduates that are pulling in part-time 125K a year, you know, or whatever, doing 10 grand a month, seeing, you know, 16 to 20 clients in a freaking month. And it's just like, 
okay, all right, I, I stand corrected, you know, or I, but I love that, that we're continuously reinventing what's possible. Seriously, prove me wrong. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to call that moment, hold my beer. Yeah. Oh, hold, hold my, my beer. beer. You hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. I got to go take care of something. Hold my beer. Get enough a massage therapist can make six figures. Me. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they do all the time, at least around me, you know. And again, not like that's the goal. Not everyone has that goal. But I do want people to know that that is absolutely possible and that they can they can radically transform the quality of their lives by taking charge of their business and of course their mindset, which is kind of what we all we started with, you know, so. And that's, that should be the takeaway. There's going to be people that listen to this and roll their eyes super hard at the three of us. And that's okay because they might not be ready yet for a mindset change, but hopefully I, you know, I will put the energy out there that hopefully one day you will realize that you have a lot more control than you think you do. So, you know, yeah, just all the, all the power. You know what? When you start hearing this negative shit happening between your ears, just stop it. Just stop. It's, it's a waste of your time. It's pointless. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just creates more energy flows where attention goes and, you, whatever you focus on, you get more of. And if you're focusing on what you don't want, then that's probably why you're a person that says, oh, well, but, 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 but it's like, okay, good. That's fine. That again, just like, yeah, it's a valid choice. Rebecca's over here weighing and measuring all of her food and eating six times a day. And a man is having wine in bed. That's totally fine. It's a valid choice, right? <laughs> right? I ate cake today like, too, Rebecca. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> eating cake. I had chocolate today. I'm off my diet now. It's great. You know? <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually on a, it's funny. I was just saying to Mark a few nights ago, I'm like, I have been eating like super clean, like the last couple of weeks. I've been back, like taking my, my vitamins and my supplements regularly. Like I'm feeling so much better. I'm like, but I'm still going to have my, my wine at night. Just FYI. Do it. Do it. Do it's it. all about balance, and, you know, right? <laughs> totally. And you know, the other thing too, is I want to also remind people, like, I'm not here to try to change people's minds. No. Like I, I'm not, you can't, you know, like, but I, what I, my intention always is, is, is that my purpose is to find those people that want to be empowered in their lives that, that want to go to the next level and just don't know how. And that's where I can definitely reach out to them and say, I've got, I've got the tools, baby. I've got, come, come party with me, come hang out with me because my purpose, my, my mission is people are liberated and people are empowered and they experience awe. They experience the divine within them and around them and whatever your name is for that, but they experience their power. How can, how can they do that? How can yeah, the people come party some, with you? Give them some info. How can <laughs> party they get with me. With yeah. Well, we are, we take applications for Rocky Massage Practice Academy. Cause again, it's, it's not for everybody. It's either not the right time in your life to invest emotionally, financially, mentally. And, and a, this is a rigorous, big ass, kick ass program. And, um, you know, so we take applications for that. We do a free 60 minute discovery call, which you can just book at rockyourmassagepractice.com. The application is forward slash application. But if you just want to go, my website is kind of always undergoing revisions depending on who's working on it. But rock your massage practice is that one. And then my transformational healing coach programs, trainings, hypnotherapy, NLP, timeline therapy, all those good things. Um, are at iHealInstitute.com, just like iPhone, but you know, just I heal, right? I heal, you heal, we all heal. Um, iHealInstitute.com. And those are trainings for, you know, practitioners, obviously, but also this awesome event um that's that I do twice a year called Creating Your Future. And it is like a it's like a group mindset 
to date, it's just awesome. Like the most incredible things happen out of out of that program. That's just basically two days of mindset coaching where we dive in and we're going to actually heal some stuff. We're going to move some shit is what we're going to do. And it's uh, a really powerful process. So that's, that's really the, if people want to just kind of be a client of mine, like I want to just do some mindset work with Rebecca. I really only do it in groups at this point. Um, and then I do have a limited amount of space for like one-on-one coaching, uh, with people, but I usually am just doing that with, uh, people that are enrolled in my other programs, you know? So, so get into one of the programs, whether that's the business Academy or that's the, um, I heal Institute and, uh, and just reach out. I'm on Facebook. It's Rebecca Diazavedo is my personal Facebook uh, profile or my coaching page is called Rebecca Overson Coaching. Or of course, there's I Heal Institute also as a business page on, on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. It's Rebecca Diaz, D-E-A-Z. Holler. I, should I just drop my cell phone while I'm at it? You're like, text me. I'm here. Holla, you know. Um, but yeah, lots of ways to get in touch with me. And then of course my Facebook group that Scott now currently has just under 13,000 members. It's called the art of building a successful massage practice. And that is open for any LMT, RMT, CMT, whatever you are, or even students, um, in the process of becoming a massage therapist. And it's a very focused conversation on what it really takes to be successful in private practice for yourself. So that's how you party with me. Amazing. Everybody go party with Rebecca. Well, thank you again for hanging out with us for a third time. And this was the first time all three of us have been in the conversation together. You got to talk to Mark solo. You got to talk to me solo. And now we've all all hung out together. So I really appreciate it. I think you are super inspirational. And I I agree with pretty much everything you preach when it comes to mindset. And I'm I'm just happy to have somebody south of the border that really thinks the way I do. You know, it's it's really nice to always talk to people who are on the same wavelength as you, you know, like-minded people. So thank you again. Totally. This was great. I dig this. Anytime you want to come back, you just let me know. I love it. And I love you guys. I love what you're doing. And I love who you're being for our industry and I've never been to Canada except to fly out of Vancouver, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like on the way to Asia one time, but like, let me tell you, let me tell you, I, you, I know you're not Canadian, obviously, because you've never even been to Canada except one time. You speak like you're from BC, like you're from Vancouver. They say their A's the same way you do. Really? There's a certain way that you say certain A's that sounds very British Columbia of you. So, well, it's when it's rubbing off, it's rubbing off. But I really do love you guys and I love what you're doing. And I just, I love this tribe. I love this industry. It's like, it's all I've ever known to do was help people to heal. And to, to be able to expand that out to now help healers heal themselves and to help healers heal their businesses and to help healers have new skills for healing their clients. And it's just like, oh, let's just keep, let's just keep that train going. I'm having a blast. You know? so, so thank awesome. you. So thank you so, so, so much for, for inviting me on and um, have me on anytime. You know, it's great. Right you guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.